Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. Hello, everyone. I'm talking with Mark Weiss from London, England, where it's chilly and cold. Is that right? It is indeed. Autumn's, autumn's come. Autumn has come, and so the proms are over. The fall weather has has arrived. So I've got a, a little surprise I didn't mention when we were getting acquainted as we were coming into this, and that is I used to have a uh, a place there right at Economist Plaza. Oh, wow. Well, you're just literally right. Plaza away. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so I was up and down German Street all the time. And so I'll be sure to uh, look you up next time. You're more than welcome. Yeah. I'll be waiting for you. That's a a very familiar area for me. And, uh, you know, that's that's quite a find for you to have that location. Uh, That wasn't by accident, was it? How did that, uh, how did you get to that location? Let's start right at the beginning, shall we? Let's let's go back to Montgomery, uh, Alabama. You'll see behind me, um, there's a photograph of my parents who met at art school um, just after the war, in the first couple of years after the war. They got married, and my father's brother had been an Air Force pilot, and the American Air Force invited him to come to um, Maxwell Air Base in Montgomery to teach the Americans how to fly fighter jets. Aha. Uh-huh. And he met a very nice Jewish lady there. Um, my father's family uh, were a Jewish. Um, they originally came from R- Romania. And so my uncle settled down there. And my parents, had, having just got married, in, I think in 48 or 49, London at that time was still a dreadful place in terms of, you know, a lot of destruction. Yeah. Uh, they were still rationing. You allowed one egg a week. I think it was six ounces of meat a week. So it was tough. It was tough. One forgets these things. Even in 48, huh? Yeah. So yeah. so my uncle said um, to um, or wrote to my father because they didn't have mobile phones or the Internet in those days. Right, yeah. And said, look, why don't you guys come and start a new life in Montgomery? You can have steak every day. The sun shines every day. And so they had nothing to lose. They had nothing. So they headed off out there. And in order to um, to try and make a living, they opened up an art school. Um, an art school in Montgomery, Alabama, after the war. And in fact, I just, I just found some old material of that um, just today. And um, one of the things that was quite amazing about it was, and I got a photograph, um, it was multiracial. They they were very liberal people. And in fact, famously, my mother was once described by, uh, as being one step from a card-carrying member of the Communist Party, which perhaps a little <laughs> bit extreme. Uh, but they were truly very liberal people. And um, so they didn't really enjoy the atmosphere in Montgomery. Uh, but I was born there and my brother was born there. And bearing in mind that they had no money, literally no money, my father actually would make the furniture that they had in the house. He made pottery, he made the table mats and stuff. Anyway, to cut to the chase, um, 
after uh, when I was about sort of four years old, in around fifty, um, what would that be? About fifty-seven. Right. Uh, they they came back to England, and uh, initially, my father um, uh, had had a profession as an art teacher in a school. And then one day, um, a local lady said to him, uh, we were then living in a small seaside um, former fishing town called Brightling Sea, um, very close to Colchester, which is the oldest first town ever established in Britain by the Romans uh, on the east coast in the county of Essex. And a local lady came to my father and said, look, you must know something about art. Um, you're an art teacher. I've got a painting I want to sell. So my father, you know, quite quick-wittedly said, well, yeah, of course I can help you. So yeah. all he did was drive three miles out of town to a local antique dealer, and he managed to broker a sale and earned more on that one transaction than he earned as a month's salary as a, being a, an art teacher. So that started the germ of the idea of becoming an art dealer. And that gradually gelled and yeah. we lived in a small house in this small little town and very quickly um he became quite successful and in fact um i found uh, their first or probably the second year of accounts they had in 1962 and i think they made something like three thousand pounds profit which was a oh. huge amount of money in those days yeah. well i don't know not a huge but by right. their standards when they had nothing so, and they very quickly became quite successful. And then we moved to the local town, Colchester, bought one of the largest private residences in Colchester, very close to where I went to school, which was partly why they bought it. And very soon uh, they'd opened up a dedicated art gallery in the town uh, with its own framing shop upstairs on the first floor, big restoration studio. They employed about 10 or 12 people, more than I've ever employed in my life. So I was by this time at the local grammar school and, you know, I like to think I'm an intelligent man and a boy as I would have been in that day. And certainly you, you, you had to be, you had to pass exams to get to the grammar school. Um, so I was in the sort of top echelons um, in, um, in terms of intelligence. Um, at that point, and it was only later in life that I discovered that I clearly, and I still do suffer from attention some sort of attention deficit disorder. So ah. I struggled to read books. I dip in and out of them, but I can't remember the last time I read a book from page one to pe to the last page. I, right. I, I just can't keep my right. concentration to that level. Um, and in fact, I, in this journey, as I was saying about finding photographs and old memorabilia, I actually found some old school reports. And, really? And they, if one had interpreted them correctly, you would have seen that I had a problem. Um, so I was never did very well at school, but all I ever wanted to do was join my parents as an art dealer. And uh, another little story. So um, my parents were having a some sort of cocktail reception in the house and had very uh, the local wealthy clients, friends around. And one of them said to me, so you know, young boy, what what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would have been probably about 15 years old at that point. And I said, well, I want to be an art dealer like my father. Yeah. And I didn't know my father was standing close behind me at the time. And he sort of immediately said, well, he only sees the good things. Yeah. Little did my father know what I have been through in my life to reach where I am today.
Did they ever talk about what they went through the United States in uh, Montgomery, uh, Alabama, and the the people? Because my grandparents, I grew up growing going to South Georgia. It's 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 almost on a direct uh, latitude longitude type line over from Montgomery, but over in South Georgia, and so I'm very familiar with the gnats, the heat, the farming. The well, there was no air conditioning in those. No either. air conditioning. And uh, it's, you know, the, the idea of culture. My, my, my parents, I think, and again, I found some cuttings. They were like minor celebrities as being interested in the arts. You know, that was, you know, just something completely unheard of. You know, right. who, whoever, whoever talked about the arts in Montgomery, Alabama, they were considered celebrities as terms of being, you know, sort of talented artists. Well, not so much my mother, who was always a bit shyer than my father. Um, you know, my father, as you would gather, also like myself, I've got more his genes than my mother's, I think. He knew how to engage with people. And I think that if one's talking about, as we will be going on to, skill sets to be an art dealer, I think that is one of the most fundamental uh, strengths um, as far as my um, skill sets are concerned is is my capacity to engage with people and be interested in people and find out what it is that they're looking for that maybe I can help them with. Usually people move because of people stay where they are unless things motivate them. And did your parents really ever talk about uh, was there any trauma they went through? There, any, you know, was it? I think, I think they. It, you just outgrew it. I did go back. I did go back to Montgomery, as I say, in '75. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, '75, it was a lot better than it was in in the late '40s, early '50s. Right. But we're talking small town, and yeah. I think they just found it too claustrophobic, and you know that's still a big issue. And maybe you know we won't necessarily go there today. Right. But, you know, this is a big issue in America, that it is made up of a lot of small towns and small places that have no real contact. Well, also, it was not a real, uh, it was more segregation than integration back then. Yeah, well, I can see that that would create all kinds of problems. This was, this was the height of, 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 of the civil rights campaign. Yeah. And, you know, the fact, you know, I'll just give you another uh, little story, you know, the fact that, you know, my parents actually had black local people that they would teach in the right. class um you know it didn't it wasn't a white day and a black day right right uh, we had i remember i had a big i had a big well-built black mama called mary uh, who would come and help in the house my f- father would drive her home after work and the you know the local you know her friends and what are you doing driving a black lady right well you know it's the right thing to do right yeah it uh and there's still a lot of that goes on today as we know and so they thought the the uk i guess the you know the uk had rebounded uh quite a bit i think think it was as much also and that's been instilled in me you know very much family so they wanted to get back you know the my mother's sister was in London. My fa- my brothers, my father's sisters, were um, in London, and you know they wanted to get back to more to the family. And also, I think it was it was also as much to do with our education that 
my brother, my younger brother at that stage, I've subsequently got a... Well, a let's, very- let's just get into the mind of uh, running a gallery. And, uh, you know, when did the pace pick up? I mean, are, are gallery, gallery owners uh, uh, altruistic? They don't care about money. They just try and help the poor artists or, you know... How, well, you to, you how much to, how much of a business person is a gallery owner? And what have you, you learned have to, over the years? You have to differentiate. There are two, in my mind, there are two actually quite distinctive worlds. There's a world of contemporary art, and then there's the world yeah. of masters. And I, within contemporary, I would include the, you know, what they call modern art as well. Yeah. And they're two very distinctive worlds, and they're becoming ever more distinctive. The contemporary market is, you know, potentially is, well, is, is a much more lively and vibrant and and deeper market. Um, The old master market, um, you know, has just due to the lack of supply and also the diminution of demand is, you know, is a much, much, much smaller pool. So, you know, the the potential lever activity is much slower, um, but that said, you know, we've we've been incredibly busy over the last uh, couple of months. And so just to kind of clarify for everybody, your gallery uh, specializes in grand old master portraiture. Is that correct? Yes. And I, explain I, what that would be for people uh, for people okay. who are not in the art world. Since since the early 80s, by 1985, when I launched the business as it is today, I have dedicated myself to a very, what is a relatively, well, it is not relatively, it is a very niche market. I've dedicated myself to 16th, primarily 16th and up to the mid 17th century English and North European portraiture. And that is what I'm renowned for uh, my specialist knowledge. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.